morning, everybody, and welcome back to season two, episode two of Power Hour. We are so excited to have you with us. If you are just joining for the first time, welcome to Power Hour. And if you're returning and you've been with us for a while, we're so glad to see you. As always, let us know where you're tuning in from. We always love to see if you're watching us here live on LinkedIn or over on YouTube or on Facebook. So give us a shout, let us know where you're tuning in from and be sure to add any questions in the chat because today we have an awesome topic. It's something that top of mind for a lot of people, especially within the last two years where we've had to take a hard look at leadership and how it is changing and evolving. So today we have the incredible Carl Sean Watkins with us today to talk about why vulnerability can make or break your leadership. So I'm super excited to jump into this topic today. In the next 30 minutes, we're gonna help you to really zone in on these lessons to uplevel your business, your life, and your career, all stuff you can use today. So join us if you're just joining us, welcome, and thank you so much for being there, being here. Welcome to Power Hour. It's your 60 minute mastermind where you can level up your business and your life. You can learn tips and strategies that you really need to know to make those powerful moves in sales and marketing and mindset and so much more. In the first 30 minutes, we're going to talk all about these tips. We're going to hear from our expert speaker and for our expert moderators. And then you've got 30 minutes that are all about you. It's all about implementation for the last 30. So thanks again for joining us. And if we are just meeting, I'm Claire Davis. I run Traction Resume. And I help sales leaders get better jobs and make more money by standing out with impressive resumes and interview prep. So Aaron, would you mind introducing yourself? And then we'll jump in here. Yes. Good morning, guys. Um, great to be here. Great to be back. And um, <clears throat> I, I I was sick and I still have a little bit of a cold, like a cough thing happening. So if I mute, <laughs> it's because I want to cough in your, all of your guys' ears. Um, and also, I want to say that we're um, missing Dan and Matt today. So um, hopefully they will be back. I know Dan has a sick little baby. Um, he's in the comments, though. Um, he's hanging out with us. And Matt is dazzling some clients at the moment. So, um, but yeah, so welcome everybody. So I'm Erin. I'm with, uh, I own Muscle Creative. Um, my goal is to stop the, I suck at writing mantra. Um, you can write. Okay. So I am a copywriter and I assist people in their copywriting skills, um, through one-on-one -on -one sessions, my monthly membership and more. Um, Carl, I am so excited to have you here. I think like, we need you and your skills now more than ever. So I was super stoked to see that you were um, going to be on the show today. So would you mind um, kind of introducing yourself and we'll kick this off? Sure. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. The pandemic has given us a realization uh, that we need to be a little more vulnerable with each other, right? Uh, forcibly, if not at all. But I'm just Carlson Watkins. I'm the uh, CEO of Carlson Watkins Consulting. It's a coaching and consulting firm. And uh, just what I do in a nutshell, I'm an expert in vulnerability and leadership. Uh, it's been curated over 30 years of working in corporate and all dynamics, finance, mortgage, and presently in law. I am a law student studying uh, civil rights law. Been looking into the diversity and inclusion a lot. That's, that's been exciting me over the past uh, few uh, semesters. So uh, that so I just go into that space and I empower leaders on. Uh, embracing their vulnerability, overcoming the fears of actually showing their vulnerability, embracing it, and their limiting beliefs. And I help them to become leaders that others want to follow. We have a lot of leaders by title that a lot of people are not interested in being, first of all, led by, and second of all, most definitely not following. 
So I'm looking at embracing leaders and executives as well. So we can start at the top. So people can see leaders that they want to emulate, that they want to, Im- that they want to imitate and be like. And this is what's going to grow and expand in uh, corporate now. So I panned the phrase diversity plus vulnerability equals inclusion because I don't think you get the DNI without the vulnerability. I know they put equity in there, but I replaced that with vulnerability because if I'm vulnerable enough to let you see into me, I'm definitely already including you into us. So. Claire, you're muted. You're on mute, Claire. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Even after a year, guys, I still need to be reminded to come off mute. Sorry, everybody. So I really like how you make that shift for us. That you know, you you turn the phrase, but it makes so much sense. So when it comes to you know sales, where my my roots are in, I remember feeling like, okay, I have to go into a client's office or I have to lead a team and I have to know exactly what to say because in this situation, I'm in charge. And one powerful lesson I learned was there was a very big difference between the conversation we were having about business up front and once we started taking those conversations out of that business zone and it almost felt like the real work started when we were able to lift the curtain and really connect with each other and until we did that it was productive but it wasn't real it wasn't really believable so can you talk a little bit more about making that connection through vulnerability because i think that was something that was a a lesson that was learned and and really helped yeah, it was. Uh, I've been talking about vulnerability and uh, all, all credit. I definitely got to do. She's doing her thing. Uh, Brene Brown. I remember telling uh, someone about 20 something years ago to be accurate. I was like, I'm going to be like Brene Brown, but I'm going to be from a whole totally different perspective. And I'm going to change the narrative. I say first and foremost, because I'm African-American man. So I say she can't see vulnerability how I see it. She hasn't sure. lived it how I lived it. And though she's researched and studied and case study on people, uh, my life lessons and experiences have taught me a lot about being vulnerable, where strategically, where to place it, how intentionally to use it and not to be pacified, but to connect and make relationships and build those kind of things that are moving forward. And I think leaders are starting to get starting to get that. A lot of it has been pushed and I, I don't care how it's getting done as long as it's getting done. So mm-hmm. now it's a lot of being pushed. They're being pushed out of comfort. They're being pushed out of for the lack of not having employees to engaging in those what they have left to see how we can retain them. And mm-hmm. I think this is, should have been the shift for corporate all the time. Retain and reward those that are doing the things that you need them to and get out of the basis and the culture of clicks and those that I like. And I think this is where the shift in the paradigm is really changing. Uh, being vulnerable is just that. Uh, I'll tell you, this is a quick uh, story I learned. I talked to a client. He was a business owner and uh, he had his name on on the business and he came in one day, somebody cut him off. Uh, so he was horrible attitude. Somebody cut him off on the way to work. He came in, he walked past the receptionist, he slammed the door and he sat in his office. He told me this uh, in the midst of us talking. And I gave him some examples of what just took place. I said, first mm-hmm. and foremost, you shattered all the confidence in that office when you came in. I say first, and then you didn't give anybody place to understand what was going on with you. So you disrupted the work, which was a predict productivity and the performance of those who heard you slam the door. Now you look at it and say, oh man, it's my job. It's my business. I can do what I want. Right. But you just upset what's really causing you success. So I said, if you just took that as a few minutes, I say, go back and replay that. Come in and say to the receptionist, look, I've had a bad 
bad morning on work. Just like hold my calls for a few minutes. Let me go ahead and take mm -hmm. a deep breath. And then I'm come out and deal with the rest of the day. That being the case, the receptionist now feel okay with her saying to you she had a bad day. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the safe space is created. And not only that, the employees are still being productive and they're still performing because they haven't heard the abnormal door slam, which wouldn't normally happen in the office. So I gave him that and he was like, wow, man, that made a difference. I say it would have. But those are the things that leaders have the power to do to shift the paradigms. And we have to be self-aware to take advantage of those and incorporate those in our leadership. Yeah. You know, and I think one thing you mentioned there, which I could really appreciate, is it creates that feeling and that safe space for the other people you're dealing with, right? You're working with. Um, so Aaron, any thoughts on that? I know that, um, oh, you're, okay, yeah. What do you What do you think? What are your thoughts on vulnerability? <laughs> Unmuted. Um, <laughs> I'm like, Unmuted, everybody. <laughs> Well, I think it all comes down to being relate, like relatability too, right? And so I think like back, I don't know, in the dark ages, I'll say, or just even a few years ago, you know, it was kind of like you had to hold it all in. And so even now in the workplace, if someone, you know, share something that happened personally to them that's impacting their uh, productivity. And then what I notice is that then they quickly apologize. They quickly say, I'm really sorry I, I, you know, I shared that with you or I unloaded that on you, you know, and it's just that I always say, don't ever apologize for mm -hmm. that. We are all humans here and um, we are all working together and we need to make that connection. And it's like, you can't just pretend you're a leader and you're at work and you shut the rest of yourself off. Like, and I think that that was the norm and it's and it's changing thank goodness, um, mm -hmm. now, you know, so I love the, the work that, that you're doing, but are, are you starting to see that shift? And, and do you think, I mean, you did say that people were being forced into it now. Um, and, you know, so obviously the pandemic has accelerated this movement, would you say? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Say it again. I think I, I don't know if I, if that's I okay. I think you froze think, a little bit. I, I, did you know, I freeze? A little bit, yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, yes. Could you repeat that question for me? I was just saying that, you know, uh, you know, it's it, it feels like the pandemic has accelerated uh, mm -hmm. this movement, you know, um, and that uh, even though we still get people who are, who will share a bit of themselves and then quickly apologize and kind of like try to shut off the rest of themselves. Um, like, how do you, how do you work with um, leaders, especially as we're continuing to go through this pandemic of like making this shift, making this change to be more vulnerable and sharing more of themselves with their teams? I, I, I tell you, it's a, it's a part of embracing, right? We embrace sales, mm -hmm. we embrace numbers, we embrace metrics, we embrace KPIs. No one has to force us to embrace those. Those are metrics and things that we verify our success on. Vulnerability, I put in that same category. I, I changed the narrative, and it's so important for me to use those texts. Change the narrative. Because first and foremost, the dictionary, and me being a dictionary, a word guy, I, uh, I understand words and applying them to life. A lot of people read words and apply them to understanding. Mm. There's a big difference. When you read a word or a definition of a word, it tells you what that word means contextual. Yeah. It does not tell you what that word means in application to your situation. And this is how I devise word knowledge, right? So uh, a lot of people call it wordplay, but I call it word excitement. Because mm -hmm. once I've unveiled to you how that word applies to you, 
you have a different narrative of how you go out and do what you need to do in the basis of that word. And I think this is an example that leaders can take on. Stop trying to apply the definition to and start applying the application to. What does vulnerability mean? Okay, yes, first, first two definitions and uh, dictionary is open to exposure or harm. Right, I got that. Okay, but that same door that you have, the exposure and harm coming through is the same door that's going to be the love, the joy, the friendships, the buildings, all of those things. They got to travel through that same door. So what you have to do is be a self-awareness, be understanding and knowing and say, okay, I won't let this one in. It's just like a bounce at a door. I'm not let this one in the club, but it's a couple of people behind him that are pretty good people. So I'm going to let them in the club. And this is how we have to do our thought process. So I tell them just embrace. I got four easy steps and, and I curated these four steps and I use them throughout all of my training and workshops. One is the introduction or reintroduction. It depends upon reintroducing yourself or introducing yourself to core values that make you comfortable, core values that you believe in, core values that strengthen you, core values that enhance or emphasize your value. Right. Then you got a step two, breaking the bad habits. Now I'm going to destroy all of those things that my mind told me, people told me, supervisor, relationship, spouse, kids, whoever told you and implemented those ideas in you. I'm going to break the bad habits of competing in those ideas. And from there, I'm going to replace those ideas because, you know, if you got a bad habit, you got to replace it with a good habit. Right. You're going to move forward with the things that's building you up, the confidence things in you, facing those fears that's been holding you back. And once you get there, that's called the breakthrough, which is my final step. And the breakthrough is just that. You're breaking through from where you came from. And the good thing about my plan is a peak and repeat because there's breakthroughs in every level. So all you got to do is go back to work. I'm to so work. I'm so glad you said that because I really, truly, deeply feel that vulnerability, one, is extremely hard to tap into if yeah. you're not used to being intentional about it. And two, it's not a one and done kind of thing. No, no. So how do you help leaders recognize when it's time for them to go through the four steps again? Uh, most of the time, that's a current, that's a, a lengthy thing. And I tell people, and that's why I never had a problem with clients. When people say, oh, I'm not ready for that. I'm not one that like sell websites. I'm not one that, you know, they sell uh, these programs where it's uh, three months of uh, four figures, six, you know, all of those. I'm not talking about anybody's plans. I'm just saying how my process works. Mm -hmm. It is a process of transformation. Transformation takes work. Transformation don't happen overnight. And it's also a transformation process of changing your mindset. So those two things take work. And in work, you got to put in the work. So there's processes, there's exercises that I have them to do. Uh, a, a big exercise that I have, what most people call an icebreaker, I call get to know you. Mm -hmm. I have executives and leaders share their pitfalls with each other. Share one thing that you're having a problem with. Share that with you. Either turn to the person you left or you right or find a partner and you guys share that. Communicate on that. Get someone's understanding or perspective to what you're having a problem with and see if they can help you in the conversation to find new ways to evaluate that. So that's what I do when I start a when I start a training in a workshop after I give them a funny story to begin with. <laughs> yeah, I got my storyteller from Matt. He's one of the great <laughs> one of the greats. Uh -huh. And once they get that experience, it, it, what it does is opens the door of comfortability. Okay, I've shared a struggle with you. And you shared a struggle with me. So now we even. Now there's no more degrees, there's no more executive, yeah. there's no more manager, there's no more supervisor, there's no more co-worker. We're even. 
Okay, yeah. now there's feelings and inter and now there's feelings, conversation and engagement. And this is what really business all is. Yeah, it's so true. And it, it does. Yeah, Aaron, go ahead, please jump in. I was just gonna say how how do you let them know how much is too much, right? Because I think some people can like just like vomit vulnerability, right? And it's like <laughs> and it's like, you know, and Brene speaks on this too. It's just, you know, it's like there's there's like a happy medium of like how much you should share. Like you shouldn't mm -hmm. perhaps just start you know, crying and sharing your life story to somebody within the first 30 seconds. So um, how do you kind of counsel them on that? And like, how much is too much? Uh, one thing that I, that I definitely, that I definitely do, there is a difference between oversharing and vulnerability. People marry them. They're not a couple. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the first thing that I tell Keep people. Keep them and, apart. <laughs> yes, and I say that from a perspective of people don't understand. And that mm -hmm. goes back to my phrase of understanding and applying what vulnerability means. They put vulnerability into this basket and you just put your hand in there and everything bad goes with vulnerability. And that's not the case. Oversharing is just that, just telling things that are not productive, they're not moving forward, and they're not conducive for someone else to take on. We don't want to give everybody, uh, when I say the terms of struggle, struggle is just related to what things that's challenging you. There's not things that's saying that you come from an abusive home. There's places for that. There's areas for that. There's mm -hmm. places you can go to share that. Oftentimes, I, I came from a bad background. Oftentimes, when I feel it, I share that. But I don't just go into every training, every workshop, and just open up with, oh, you know, Carl, man, I was a bad dude back in the day. It, it's, it's not feasible. When we share vulnerability, it's to encourage others. It's to challenge others. And it's also to educate others that there are struggles that are real. And other people have overcome where you think you are and nobody else is. Mm -hmm. And that is the reason for it. Well, sharing vulnerability is empowering. So whenever you're sharing something and the person that you're sharing with is not empowered by it, you're oversharing. Mm -hmm. If you're sharing something and that person haven't got it or they gravitated to you with confidence in what you're sharing, you're oversharing. And those are monikers that you know because you've been in a room and you told too much and the first thing your conscious told you, oh man, I don't think I should have said that. Yeah. yeah. We're our own gauge. We have to be self-aware to our gauge telling us. And everybody says your conscience. Yes, that's what it is. It's a mm -hmm. guide. And when I'm talking to people, I know just I can feel people's heart. And I say, okay, they need to know a little bit more than just me telling them to embrace vulnerability. Yeah. They need to hear a story of me overcoming a particular thing so they can get confidence in the thing that they're in. That's what you call vulnerability. That's vulnerability in action. That's, in, that's empowering someone to be vulnerable. And that's what I do. I empower to be vulnerable. Uh, oversharing, nah, it's not a marriage. Take them, yeah. take, them take them away from each other. <laughs> See, they're they're separated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then, this is interesting. So then, do you see kind of like being vulnerable is not really to help yourself, but it's really to help and empower others. Vulnerability then? is vulnerability is definitely that. If I create space for you to be vulnerable, it's to help you. Because if I created that space and have the ability to create that space, I'm already confident in who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm already confident in the things and the flaws and the imperfections that I have. Mm -hmm. And see, this is where it comes in. There. There's only two things that really stop us from being who we want to be. I don't care how they package it. I don't care how they sell it. I don't care how they Instagram it, Facebook it, fear and failure. Those are the two things that we incorporate with everything in our life. We're either afraid to do it or we're afraid of failing to do it. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that stopped us from doing everything. 
there's no other other there's no other cause and effect. So when you get over the fear of who you are, and those fears are on you, can you imagine that? Giving someone else the power to see how you live, to say how you live, to let it determine what you're going to become based upon how they feel about you. Yeah, that's yeah. powerful. It, it, it's powerful. I can't imagine no one having that power over me. Yeah. And they're not even in the room with you. They could care less about you. They, You know, my grandmother used to tell me growing up, she's an old preacher. She used to say, baby, they talked about Jesus. So what makes you think they're not going to talk about you? Right. <laughs> Your grandma sounds like a wise woman. <laughs> you know, um, Dan just dropped something in the comments. He said, you can either open the door or shut the world out. The positives will always outweigh the negatives. Think about that. That's a great comment, Dan. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and most of the time in our minds, we, we I ask people a lot of times, this is one of my questions that I ask besides uh, what's your relationship with vulnerability? Do you really appreciate vulnerability? And that's my second phase of question because mm -hmm. what's your relationship just opens the door. But after I've understood, if you don't know your relationship, do you really appreciate it? And you say, how can I appreciate being vulnerable? How can I appreciate being? Because it adds dynamics to your life that you don't, that you won't go through. If you're not vulnerable, if no one knows, just take it on a, a, a measure of services. If no one knows what you need, so go to the doctor, make an appointment, sit in his office, and don't tell him what's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, right. What's the purpose right. of the appointment? Right. Right. So that's how it is. If you don't tell anybody what's wrong with you or what you're trying to overcome, you won't get an answer to help you with the struggle. Yeah. You won't get advice that encourage you to move forward. Yeah. Those are the things that he said, Dan, hit right on the head. You close out the world because you're worried about the door. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I think a lot of people have seen vulnerability as a weakness mm -hmm. rather than a strength. And that's people are embarrassed about it, you know, and they're just like, no, I would never, you know, because they want to be seen as this like powerful, uh, confident um, person. And to me, vulnerability goes hand in hand with that, mm -hmm. um, that it, 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 it bolsters confidence and, and as you were saying, empowerment. So um, how do you got to kind of get people to change their mindset about vulnerability if that's kind of where they're coming from? <laughs> uh, you have to change your thought processes of it. And in doing that, it, it's all a visionary. You have people are, I don't care if they can read, the outstanding readers, they can comprehend well. People learn in vision. And when I mean that, I can overcome a situation more so, and I can adapt more so if I see how you overcame it. So what I have to do, I don't do a vision board. What I have to do is paint them a picture. When you paint a picture, it takes away all of those obstacles of me understanding or comprehending what that word means. So I take that out the equation. Most people in their own minds, they figure that someone sees something in them that's bad. We always yes. think someone else sees our flaws. We live right. our life like that. Whether it's women and, and whether it's women from the simple fact that they got a blotch, so they got to put on makeup, or they don't like how their lips are, so they get shots. I mean, everything is the perception from someone else's point of view. Mm -hmm. How about you look in the mirror and say, "I'm beautiful." Yeah, do I got a scar up here? Yeah, I've been at it ever since I was twelve. But yeah. I'm beautiful. I can accept that because we mm -hmm. have a problem accepting who we are. And that's what gives vulnerability the power for people to think it's a weakness. Yes. People get embarrassed by mistakes they've made, problems they've had, obstacles they failed at. 
things that weren't perceived as good choices. That's a part of life. How many times have people failed before they hit success? That's mm-hmm. just what it is. And we're empowered by that. We lack the power thereof because we let other people justify that. And it starts it starts at a young age. It's a mental thing. Guys. It's not mm-hmm. nothing that it comes easy. It comes with your parents. A lot of times they tell you, okay, uh, I don't want you to do this job. Like my mom forever. She's a CPA. She told me, I want you to go in accounting or computers because you'll always have a job in that. Mm-hmm. Well, I love counting because I like money. But I didn't want to count it for nobody else. <laughs> and computers, I wasn't a computer dude. Yeah. Those were my joys or passions. So why would you send me on that, close off the rest of the world to me, and tell me those are the two areas of which I need to live? This was at right. a seven or eight-year-old kid. Wow. Now, I carried that burden all of my life. Even when I want to dibble and dabble into things that I enjoy, it's always in the back of my head. Mom said accounting, mom said computers. Get, get away from that. I want to be active. No, mom said accounting, mom said computer. Yeah. You know, so we, we do a disservice to our children when we put them on that path as well. And they carry that into adulthood. And then you have a lot of people in corporate who's angry every day and hate to get up and go to work because they're not doing the things that make them happy. Yeah. It's almost as if we need to feel like we're keeping this facade. Yeah. Instead of dealing with reality and what's really happening right in front of us. Yeah, we often we often underestimate uh, how positively others will perceive us mm-hmm. when we show our flaws, our imperfections, our vulnerabilities. Since I've been vulnerable, uh, personally, it's always been a great thing. Corporately, it, it's, it's been a hindrance. Mm-hmm. I've had people bought in that I've had to train to take my job because I was too vulnerable in that job. I trained them to take the mm-hmm. job that I was supposed to get, right? I did it. There was no sweat off my back. I wasn't angry. My perspective was that I taught someone to do the job correctly the way that I would have done it. So therefore, to be done right. So I always yes. take a positive out of anything that is thrown at. But a lot of times, we don't understand how powerful you are. If I know a flaw that you have and you've embraced it, mm-hmm. man, I want to hire you because yeah. I know there's nothing you won't do to get the job done. Yeah, right. and, and that's the power that you bring. Well, once you Once you let those things loose, I feel like that's when you can really make that connection. And so often I feel like there is this preconception that vulnerability means you're just sharing all the things that you're ashamed of. And I don't think that's really enough. I think what it's not that it's sharing your reality enough that other people can recognize that they've had a similar reality. And Aaron, I mean, like you, so one thing that's brilliant about Aaron's writing is that she focuses on what everybody's dealing with. She meets people where they are at. I hope you don't mind if I totally brag on you for a minute. <laughs> but like, she, she has this gift of writing to speak to the general experience, to speak to specific experience. And that's why people gravitate toward that. That's why there's this major mindset shift in marketing now to, it's not the corporation telling us what we should think. It's finding out what customers are really dealing with and just saying, Hey, I'm here and I see what you're doing. Yeah. It's really, it's relatability, you know, and I, it's, 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 it's finally talking to each other as people and human beings instead of like, I don't know why it's been like this for so long, but instead of like talking like, Oh, I'm a company talking to a company, you know, or I'm a company talking to 
this vast group of people. No, you know, it's like we need to connect on a personal level and remember that we're all humans. Uh, none of us know what we're doing in life. We're all trying to get through each day, especially now. Um, we don't know what's going to happen next, you know, and so we're kind of um, we're not I like to say we're not in the same boat because everybody has different um, backgrounds and experiences that they're carrying along with them. But we're all in the same in the same ocean. Like we're all like in this together. We're not in the same boat, but we're all in the, we're all headed in the same direction. We all have the same um, goals in life. We just have to remember that, you know. Okay, I love that. Adding that quote to my quote wall. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh, I also wanted to mention we've got some people in the chat. I'm sorry the comments weren't coming up for me, so I wasn't able to see them until just a couple minutes ago, but. You know, Dan, Steve, it's so great to see you guys. Varsh is here, Alexandria, Ronald. Thank you all so much for being here with it, uh, with us this morning. And as a small nod to the idea that you might have wanted to be an actor, Dan Roth wants to see you in the remake of Shawshank with Sean in the role of Red. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was that was really what I, I, I did a lot of. Um, I went to Martin Luther King High School in Chicago, mm. and uh, I, I took drama. Um, because I, I love the release that it gave and coming from a flawed childhood, uh, uh, it gave me an escape. That in reading, those were my escapes. So me acting was a way of uh, letting loose a lot of things that, that, were, that I was holding. And it gave me an outlet. It kept me out of trouble uh, growing up on the streets of Chicago between gangs, shootings, and it's, it's much more horrendous now than it was when I grew up. But the, the treacheries of life uh, I was told a lot of times, even on my neighborhood from older people, you're not going to make it to C25. And that was pretty much the promise of a lot of young African-American men growing up in my neighborhood. They didn't make it to C25. Mm -hmm. So my uncle was this cultured guy, my dad's brother. He went away to the service in Germany and he came back with this culture. He was into art and museums and all of this. And he would come and get me every Saturday. And he would take me to downtown Chicago. And, and if anybody's ever been, Chicago is a wealth of that kind of thing, museums, arts, uh, theaters. So he would take me down there. And every Saturday, we would spend a day down there. We'd go to the art museum. or We'd go to the shared aquarium. Or we would go to these places where I could just soak up outside of that neighborhood. And that was his purpose for me. He couldn't give me money. He couldn't give me a lot of things. But what he shared with me was adventure. And that's why I got a lot of my life lessons from that I knew that beside the drug addicts and the corner and the people hanging out in front of the, the liquor store. When I walked past that every single day to get the bus to go to school, I knew I could be bigger than that because I saw it. Mm -hmm. I, I saw it. He took me out of that so I could see. And that was the thing that really saved my life. That's what wow. really, that really kept me away from the, from the trolls and troubles that I would have probably gotten into had I not had him. Wow. That's incredible because then he gave you a whole other viewpoint of life. Yes, you know? he did. And one that I had never saw because mm -hmm. I grew up in the same neighborhood with the same thing. And if it wasn't for the older brothers carrying it down to the younger brothers, I mean, it was a generational thing. And when you're stuck in that hamster wheel, the hamster can't never escape mm -hmm. unless you open the door. Right. So he studied running around seeing the same thing. And that's how I was. I went to school, walked past that same dredge every day, uh, all through uh, elementary school, all through high school, 12 years of seeing the same thing. So my mental is like, okay, when I graduate, what do I have to look forward to? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't have that. But when he took me out, you know, and then he told me about the military and how he traveled 
as a young guy and how he went to overseas and Singapore and all these countries and he showed me pictures. I was like, the world is beautiful. You know, my neighborhood, I can hardly keep the grass growing. We're in a concrete jungle. And here you are showing me water that's clear and blue. Yeah. People that are really amazing, culture, colors, and food. Like, it was just a whole new world to me. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, every week I'm always absolutely blown away by how quickly this half hour goes. <laughs> Carl, I think we we honestly, like, Aaron, I mean, we could talk with you about this for like days. So let's do this. I want to recap really quickly those four steps that you shared with us. And then I'm hoping you can leave our audience here today with something that they can do today mm -hmm. that can move them forward in their vulnerability journey. Because like you said, it's something that can't just be done once. It has to be something like a journey. It's got to keep going. So number one, you talked about reintroducing yourself to you. Number two, breaking those bad habits. Number three, moving forward. And then number four, experiencing that breakthrough. So how can people take their steps to start moving forward on this path today? The first thing you want to do is, uh, and I tell most people because fear and failure are the two obstacles, do something that you're fearful of doing. Mm. Don't go to the highest scale because some people are like, I'm scared of heights, so I'm just going to go climb the building. I don't want you to go dangerous. I want you to go <laughs> intimate. I want you to go to that small thing that nudges you every time you think about it, that tells you I'm not me because that little thing I'm fearful of somebody finding out. Mm -hmm. Go to that. It don't have to be a story. It don't have to be that. Uh, I got a client that I'm working with now. Uh, they was petrified of posting their feelings. I say, well, the difference is you don't have to post the spat that you was in last night with your spouse. I say what you can post is something that makes you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And you can choose that. See, this is why vulnerability is so powerful, strategically and intentionally. I can intentionally tell you something vulnerable. You can't pull anything out of me that I don't want to tell you. And this is where we get the misconception and the narrative has to be changed that, oh man, for me to be vulnerable, I got to tell you all my bad news. No, mm -hmm. for me to be vulnerable, I just got to tell you something I struggle with. Yes. You know, I got a problem. I got a problem getting up in the morning. That's vulnerable. I, I, I can't get up unless I set my alarm clock at 530. That's vulnerable because that's, that's out of your comfort zone. You're telling someone something that you're not comfortable with. And that's all being vulnerable is about. And what it does is, and this is the help of someone to guide you. And that yeah. right person will. You get a lot of people that will talk crazy about you, but you'll find that right person to say, oh, I deal with that too. Let's work on this together. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So, um, okay, I got chills. Anybody else? Exactly. <laughs> Okay, Carl, tell everybody where they can find you. You guys, if you are not following Carl yet, um, if you've not tried out his program, do connect with him today. I know that Carl, you and I have known each other for almost two years now. And yes. every time I hear Claire, we like speak, OGs. We like I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I feel like we're in this club that like kicked off in 2020 and never left. Yes. And uh it's and I, I'm always so inspired when you speak. So thank you so much for your oh, time today. I appreciate it. I'm humbled that you guys allowed me to come on. Really oh my gosh. We we've so been grateful. waiting for this for a while. Yeah. So we're really excited and um you guys do what carl is telling you to do today his system works and thank you so much everybody for joining us in power hour today feel free to add any more questions to the comments in the show and as always time is our greatest commodity so the fact that you chose to spend your half hour with us this morning it's really special thank you so much to everybody here and we will see you guys next week for another edition of power hour
Bye, guys. Thank you, Thank you so Thank much. You so much. Thank you, guys. Oh, love was written in the phone.